Welcome to Nations of the World podcast series, where we explore a different nation of the world in each episode. Our aim is to bring you, the listener, on an audio journey to discover interesting facts that make each country unique. Welcome to Antigua and Barbuda. This is Segment 1, Bare Bones. Antigua and Barbuda is a dual island nation as part of the Lesser Antilles in the West Indies of the Caribbean Sea. Antigua is Spanish for ancient, and Barbuda is Spanish for bearded. The island of Antigua was originally called Wadadli, and Barbuda Waamoni by the indigenous Arawaks and is locally known by that name today. The Nationality The people are known as Antiguans and Barbudans. The capital is St. John's. The land size is 442 square kilometers or 170 square miles. It is about 2.5 times larger than the size of Washington, D.C. in the United States. Antigua itself is 281 square kilometers or 108 square miles, and Barbuda is 161 square kilometers or 62 square miles. The population, it's 98,179. The official language is English. There is no official religion. The monetary unit is the Eastern Caribbean dollar, with the United States dollar being commonly accepted. The flag. It is red with an inverted isosceles triangle based on the top edge of the flag. The triangle contains three horizontal bands of black on the top, light blue, and white, with a yellow rising sun in the black band. The sun symbolizes the dawn of a new era. Black represents the African heritage of most of the population, blue is for hope, and red is for the dynamism of the people. The V stands for victory. The success of yellow, blue, and white coloring is also meant to evoke the country's tourist attractions of sun, sea, and sand. The form of government. It's a constitutional monarchy with Westminster-style parliament. Segment 2, Heart of the Nation. Geography and Climate. This is a dual island nation located in the West Indies, east-southeast of Puerto Rico, and about 100 kilometers or 62 miles north of Guadalupe. It is part of the Leeward Islands and consists of two inhabited main islands and a number of smaller islands, and the small uninhabited Redonda Island, which is entirely a national park. The island Barbuda is a coral island, whereas Antigua is a volcanic island. The island nation shares maritime borders with St. Kitts and Nevis, Anguilla, Montserrat, and St. Barthélemy. It is generally low-lying. The highest elevation on the archipelago is Mount Obama, formerly Boggy Peak at 402 meters or 1,319 feet. That's located on the island of Antigua and is named after the United States President Barack Obama. The shorelines of both islands are greatly indented with beaches, lagoons, and natural harbors. The islands are rimmed by reefs and shoals. There are few streams as rainfall is slight. Both islands lack adequate groundwater. The climate is a year-round tropical maritime, cooled by steady trade winds. Rainfall averages 990 millimeters or 39 inches per year with the amount varying widely from season to season. In general, the wettest period is between September and November. The islands generally experience low humidity and recurrent droughts. Temperatures average 27 degrees Celsius, or 80.6 degrees Fahrenheit. The coolest period is between December and February. Hurricanes strike on an average once a year. Barbuda is not to be confused with Barbados, which is another island in the Leeward Island chain located about 493 kilometers or 306 miles to the south 
and slightly east of Barbuda. About 97% of the people live on the island of Antigua, while Barbuda is sparsely populated. Those who do live on Barbuda live almost entirely in Codrington. The beaches. All of the beaches are open to the public. On the northwest coast you will find the fully loaded resort beach experience. On the southwest and south coast, the beaches are hilly and less developed. Some are especially quiet, and some require a bit of rough travel to reach them. On the east coast is Half Moon Bay, now a national park and a good choice for a family outing. Another good family option is Long Bay, on the easternmost point of the island, as it is completely protected by its reef. On Barbuda, you will find long, white, and pink sand beaches protected by barrier reefs on the southwestern shore. The beaches on the eastern shore facing the Atlantic are somewhat rougher, although outstanding for beachcombing. Vegetation The land used for agriculture is 20.5%, the arable land is 9%, and forest is 18.8%. Some of the trees found are coconut, Cretan date palm, white cedar, calabash, silk cotton tree, machioneal, and tamarind. The Cretan date palm was said to be introduced to the Freeman's estate in Antigua from Africa in colonial times in the 1800s. Camels were introduced as beasts of burden, and these plants were to be used as fodder. The camels died of hoof disease in the comparatively damp soil of Antigua, but the palms lived on. The white cedar is a useful timber used for ship repairs, which the timber worm will not touch. It's also used for carving wooden bowls and was used for carib canoes. The calabash, native to the West Indies, has large green oval fruits used for ornamental and instrumental purposes like maracas. The silk cotton tree, also known as the kapuk tree, is famous for its floss around its seeds, which is used for stuffing mattresses and other filler uses. In the past, the wood was used for making canoes. In Antigua, this tree once had a spiritual significance and was known as the home of tree spirits. The machioneal is a large poisonous tree, which commonly grows behind Antiguan beaches. The Caribs used to take the white sap of a broken twig and spread it on the arrowheads as poison. An immediate antidote is seawater. It is best not to touch any part of the tree or stand under it in the rain. The tamarind tree, which is native to Africa, although introduced to this area from India, has a fruit high in vitamin C, and a tart soft drink is still made from the tamarind in Antigua. Other plants include seaside grape, various cacti including the candelabra, flamboyant or ponciana, hibiscus, and oleander. The seaside grape is very common, with fruits resembling grapes, which can be used to make wine and jellies. The large leaves were used in the past as paper by scratching messages onto it. The candelabra cactus has many vertical limbs, which when dried make fireworks for children as they crackle and pop when burning. The cactus flesh can be used as a vegetable and a shampoo. The flamboyant is one of the most dazzling red trees of the world and is native to Madagascar. One petal in five of each bloom is white. Wildlife Seven bat species are recorded from Antigua. They play an important role in the ecology of Antigua and Barbuda and should be conserved. They are useful for insect control, seed dispersal, and pollination. Many bats consume huge numbers of insects nightly. The free-tailed bats can eat several hundred insects each evening. A few of the other animals include Indian mongoose, donkey, goat, and fallow deer. The fallow deer is the national animal of Antigua and Barbuda. It originally came from Norway to England. The Codrington family introduced the first deer into Barbuda and Guana Island in the 18th century. Some of the bird species include brown pelican, magnificent frigate bird, cattle egret, West Indian whistling duck, osprey, 
an Antillian-crested hummingbird. Some of the reptiles found. Hawksbill turtle, although the most common turtle of Antigua, they are endangered. The green turtle, which is also endangered. Gecko, tree lizard, brown anole, racer snake, the only known snake in Antigua, and tree frog. Some of the sea creatures are humpback whale, which is a regular visitor to Antigua. They may be seen between December and April. There's also the barracuda, albacore, dolphin, queen angelfish, sergeant major, spiny lobster, elkhorn coral, smooth brain coral, white sea urchin, land crab, purple clawed hermit crab, and sea moss. Some of the insects are horse spider, cicada, firefly, hawk moth, termites, which these unfortunately do untold damage to West Indian houses or anything of wooden construction, and honeybee. There are no native honeybees from Antigua. The common bees were introduced from Europe in the late 18th century. Antigua produces fine honey. People. Ethnic groups. Almost entirely of African origin. Some are of British, Portuguese, and Levantine Arab origin. The language spoken by the vast majority is Creole, with English as the official language, making the culture a bilingual one. Before the late 20th century, which revived and respectified the place of Afro-Antiguans and Barbudans in the cultural life of the society, there was a hierarchical history in place which systematically excluded them. After the British settled in 1623, five distinct and carefully ranked ethnic groups emerged. At the top of the hierarchy were the British. Immediately below those were the mulattoes, who were lighter in shade than the masses of black Africans, and on that basis distinguished themselves from the latter. Next in this hierarchy were the Portuguese, 2,500 of whom migrated as workers from Madeira between 1847 and 1852 because of a severe famine. Many established small businesses and joined the ranks of the mulatto middle class. Below the Portuguese were the Middle Easterners, who began migrating to Antigua and Barbuda around the turn of the 20th century. Starting as itinerant traders, they soon worked their way into the middle strata of society. Fifth and finally were the Afro-Antiguans and Barbudans, who were located at the bottom of this hierarchy. Forced to emigrate as slaves, Africans started arriving in Antigua and Barbuda in large numbers during the 1670s. Very quickly they came to constitute the majority of the population. As they entered this hierarchy, Africans were profoundly racialized. They ceased being Yoruba, Igbo, and Akan and became Negroes or Blacks. This racialization consumed African identities, dehumanizing and deculturing them in the process. As Negroes, it was the body and particularly the skin color that emerged as the new signifiers of identity. As a result, Afro-Antiguans and Barbudans were reinscribed in a dehumanized and racialized discourse that established their inferiority, and hence the legitimacy of their earlier enslavement and later exploitation as wage laborers. Until the rise of the nationalist movement, the dominant class was clearly the British sugar planters who monopolized the masses of Afro-Antiguans and Barbudans, who constituted the subordinate working class. Between these two extremes was a middle class that consisted of the mulattoes, Portuguese, and Middle Easterners. They dominated the professions of law, medicine, and architecture, and the white-collar positions in banks, businesses, and the civil service. The Portuguese located themselves in the service areas of the retail sector, importing and reselling a wide variety of goods. Consequently, their stores varied from liquor shops through grocery stores and gas stations to stationery stores. The Middle Easterners were also in the retail sector importing primarily dry goods, such as cloth, clothes, and other household items. In the post-colonial period, there have been significant changes in this class structure, even though its basic categories and rank orderings have remained. At the top, hotel owners and offshore bankers have replaced the planters. 
These are primarily white Americans with British investors regaining some ground. At the bottom is a working class that is still predominantly Afro-Antiguan and Barbudan. Because of recent changes in immigration policies, however, significant numbers of Afro-Guyanese and Afro-Dominican workers have been added to the ranks of this class. Thus, the bottom of the class hierarchy remains primarily black, even though the work has shifted from plantations to hotels. Important changes have occurred in the middle levels of the class hierarchy. This layer has ceased to be predominantly mulatto class and has become one that is predominantly black, still retaining its mulatto, Portuguese, and Middle Eastern components. Religion The religious life of Antiguans and Barbudans is predominantly Christian, with Anglican at 45%, Moravian at 17%, Methodist 11%, Roman Catholic 10%, Seventh-day Adventist 6%, and other 11%. This Christian orientation, however, is a creolized one that changes as we move up the class hierarchy. For most of their history, the churches here were colonial institutions, overseas branches of England-based churches, whose pastors were in control. Thus, unlike the African-American church, the Afro-Antiguan and Barbudan church does not have a long history of autonomous development. Autonomy came with the independence of the state. Despite this anglicization, religious practices have not escaped creolization. Among Afro-Antiguans and Barbudans, Traces of the African religious heritage have survived in the practice of obeya, and in inclinations toward more ecstatic modes of worship. The post-colonial period has witnessed a significant creolizing of church music, which has been influenced by calypso, reggae, and African-American gospel music. Non-Christian religions practiced in the islands include the Ratafari, Islam, and Baha'i faith. History. Most Antiguans are of African lineage, descendants of slaves brought to the island centuries ago to labor in the sugarcane fields. However, Antigua's history of habitation extends as far back as two and a half millennia before Christ. The first settlements dating from about 2400 BC were those of the Siboni and Arawak word meaning stone people. Traveling Meso-Indians, whose beautifully crafted shell and stone tools have been found at dozens of sites around the island. Long after the Siboni had moved on, Antigua was settled by the pastoral agricultural Arawaks from 35 to 1100 AD. The Arawaks originated in Venezuela and gradually migrated up the chain of islands now called the Lesser Antilles. The warlike Carib people drove the Arawaks from neighboring islands, but apparently did not settle on either Antigua or Barbuda. The earliest European contact with the island was made by Christopher Columbus during his second Caribbean voyage in 1493, who sighted the island in passing and named it after Santa Maria la Antigua, the miracle-working saint of Seville. European settlement, however, didn't occur for over a century, largely because of Antigua's lack of fresh water and the abundance of determined Carib resistance. Finally, in 1632, a group of Englishmen from St. Kitts established a successful settlement. It would be difficult to overestimate the impact on Antigua's history of the arrival, one fateful day in 1684, of Sir Christopher Codrington. An enterprising man, Codrington had come to Antigua, to find out if the island would support the sort of large-scale sugar cultivation that already flourished elsewhere in the Caribbean. The following year, he leased Barbuda to raise provisions for his plantations. Barbuda's only town is named after him. His initial efforts proved to be quite successful, and over the next 50 years, sugar cultivation on Antigua exploded. By the middle of the 18th century, the island was dotted with more than 150 cane processing windmills, each the focal point of a sizable plantation. Today, almost 100 of these picturesque stone towers remain, although they now serve as houses, bars, restaurants, and shops. At Betty's Hope, Codrington's original sugar estate, visitors can see a fully restored sugar mill. 
Codrington and others brought slaves from Africa's west coast to work the plantations. Horatio Nelson arrived in 1784 at the head of the squadron of the Leeward Islands to develop the British naval facilities at English Harbor and to enforce stringent commercial shipping laws. Nelson spent almost all of his time in the cramped quarters of his ship, declaring the island to be a vile place and a dreadful hole. Serving under Nelson at the time was the future King William IV. By the end of the 18th century, Antigua had become an important strategic port, as well as a valuable commercial colony. Known as the gateway to the Caribbean, it was situated in a position that offered control over the major sailing routes to and from the region's rich island colonies. Most of the island's historical sites, from its many ruined fortifications to the impeccably restored architecture of English Harbour Town, are reminders of colonial efforts to ensure its safety from invasion. It was during William's reign in 1834 that Britain abolished slavery in the empire. Alone among the British Caribbean colonies, Antigua instituted immediate full emancipation rather than a four-year apprenticeship or waiting period. Antiguan slaves were emancipated at that time, yet they remained economically dependent on the plantation owners. Economic opportunities for the new freedmen were limited by a lack of surplus farming land, no access to credit, and an economy built on agriculture rather than manufacturing. Poor labor conditions persisted, and in 1939, Antiguan and Barbudan workers and peasants revolted. Out of this revolt came the formation of the Antigua Trades Labor Union, or ATLU. As the union got more deeply involved in the struggles of workers against sugar plantation owners, it became increasingly political. It quickly developed a political arm, which later became the Antigua Labor Party, or ALP. The Antigua Trades and Labor Union became the political vehicle for Vary Cornwall Byrd, who was elected as the Labor Union's president in 1943. The Antigua Labor Party, ALP, formed by Byrd and other trade unionists, first ran candidates in the 1946 elections and became the majority party in 1951, beginning a long history of electoral victories. This politicization led to new rounds of strikes and political confrontations with the planters and the elites of the colonial state. These struggles reinforced by those in other Caribbean territories, by the struggles in Africa countries, and by the opposition of the United States and Russia to European colonial policies, finally pushed the British to dismantle their empire. The dismantling was executed via a process of constitutional decolonization that gradually transferred sovereignty to a set of elected leaders, such as those of the ALP. Between 1950 and 1981, when Antigua and Barbuda achieved independence from Britain, there were at least five important sets of decolonizing constitutional changes that paved the way to national independence. As the leader of the ALP, Byrd was the nation's first prime minister. On November 1, 1981, Antigua and Barbuda achieved full independence from the UK and implemented their own constitution. Current Political and Humanitarian Issues Antigua and Barbuda scored 84 out of 100 at Freedom House 2020, and it has the status of a free state. Antigua and Barbuda is a democracy that holds regular elections. Corruption in government is a concern, and women and LGBT plus people are underrepresented in politics and experience some discrimination. In 2017, Hurricane Irma devastated Barbuda. The entire island was evacuated and many residents lost their livelihoods and have yet to return home. In November of 2019, the Eastern Caribbean Alliance for Diversity and Equality announced it would file official legal challenges against colonial-era laws that were criminalizing same-sex sexual activity by the end of the year. In September of 2019, the Industrial Court ruled that the country's Department of Immigration had been violating its workers' rights for at least two decades, having not paid for sick days, holidays, worked, and overtime. 
Antigua and Barbuda is a destination and transit country for adults and children subjected to sex trafficking and forced labor. Forced prostitution has been reported in bars, taverns, and brothels. While forced labor occurs in domestic service, and the retail sector. This nation is on the Tier 2 watch list. Antigua and Barbuda does not fully comply with the minimum standards for the elimination of trafficking. However, it is making significant efforts to do so. It is also considered a minor transshipment point for narcotics bound for the United States and Europe, and even more significant as an offshore financial center. Government. As head of state, Queen Elizabeth II is represented in Antigua and Barbuda by a governor general who acts on the advice of the prime minister and the cabinet. Antigua and Barbuda has a bicameral legislature, a 17 member Senate appointed by the governor general, mainly on the advice of the prime minister and the leaders of the opposition, and a 17 member popularly elected House of Representatives. The Prime Minister is the leader of the majority party in the House and conducts affairs of state with the Cabinet. The Prime Minister and the Cabinet are responsible to the Parliament. Elections must be held at least every five years, but may be called by the Prime Minister at any time. Constitutional safeguards include freedom of speech, press, worship, movement, and association. Antigua and Barbuda is a member of the Eastern Caribbean Court System, with the highest court, the Eastern Caribbean Supreme Court, with its headquarters on St. Lucia. Antigua and Barbuda maintains diplomatic relations with the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, and the People's Republic of China, as well as many Latin American countries and neighboring Eastern Caribbean states. It is a member of the United Nations, the Commonwealth of Nations, the Organization of American States, the Organization of Eastern Caribbean States, and the Eastern Caribbean's Regional Security System. The military is made up of the Royal Antigua and Barbuda Defense Force, which includes the Coast Guard. There is no conscription, and at age 18 it is the minimum for voluntary service. Universal suffrage is at 18 years of age. Citizenship Citizenship by birth is granted. There is also citizenship by descent only, and dual citizenship is recognized. The residency requirements for naturalization is seven years. Economy Sugar dominated the economy for much of its history. The period of sugar dominance began in the 1660s, after the failure of attempts to make money from tobacco. Between 1700 and 1775, Antigua and Barbuda emerged as a classic sugar colony. Because of its exclusive specialization in sugar, the economy was not very diverse. Consequently, it imported a lot, including much of its food from the American colonies and Britain. After 1775, the economy entered a long period of decline that ended almost two centuries later in 1971. Attracted to Antigua and Barbuda's many beaches, white sands, and sunny climate, wealthy Americans found it a great place to vacation. Out of this demand, tourism emerged as the new leading and rapidly growing sector of the economy. Tourism now dominates Antigua and Barbuda's economy, accounting for nearly 60% of GDP and 40% of investment. The dual island nation's agricultural production is focused on the domestic market and is constrained by a limited water supply and a labor shortage stemming from the lure of higher wages in tourism and construction. Manufacturing comprises of enclave-type assembly for export, with major products being bedding, handicrafts, and electronic components. Despite the growth in tourism and its expansive impact on the construction and transportation sectors, the economy is still not diversified. As in the sugar period, there is an over-specialization that keeps imports high, including food. By the late 1980s, the environmental impact of tourism had become a major political issue, with groups of environmentalists blocking the construction of new hotels. 
the newest emerging sector is offshore banking. Because of the secretive and confidential aspects of this industry, it is emerging under clouds of controversy. The government, however, is committed to its development. The labor force by occupation consists of agriculture at 7%, industry at 11%, and services at 82%. Agricultural products include cotton, tropical fruit, milk, lemons, limes, bananas, coconuts, cucumbers, mangoes, and guavas, melons, tomatoes, onions, eggplants, sugarcane, and livestock. Industries include tourism, construction, light manufacturing, including clothing, alcohol, and household appliances. Main trading partners are USA, United Kingdom, Canada, and China. Exports. These amount to $278 million. The most recent exports are led by passenger and cargo ships, refined petroleum, precious metal scraps, rice, and corn. The most common destination for the exports are Poland, Suriname, United Arab Emirates, Germany, and the United States. Imports, 992 million. The most recent imports of Antigua and Barbuda are led by refined petroleum, passenger and cargo ships, cars, precious metal scraps, and recreational boats. The most common import partners are the United States, Poland, China, Netherlands, and Brazil. Antigua in Barbuda has a high level of specialization in passenger and cargo ships, precious metal scraps, quaternary ammonium salts and hydroxides, rice and refined petroleum. The highest complexity of exports are equipment for photographic laboratories, quaternary ammonium salts, hydroxides, lecithins, electrical switches, connectors, flat-rolled iron and steel, yachts, pleasure sports vessels, rowing boats, and canoes. The unemployment rate is 11%. That was in 2014. Urbanism and Architecture St. John's is the capital and largest city of Antigua in Barbuda. It's dominated by the white Baroque towers of St. John's Cathedral. Built in 1845, the church is now in its third incarnation, as earthquakes in 1683 and 1745 destroyed the previous structures. The towers are the first site of Antigua for about half of the island's visitors each year, many of whom arrive by boat. With its recently completed cruise ship dock and several hotels, St. John's is a lively hub for shopping and dining. Antigua is home to approximately 97% of the population and nearly all who live on Barbuda live in Codrington. 24.4% of the population live in the urban areas. Households Married couples prefer to live in their own households, although needy relatives and friends are welcomed. If a couple is unmarried and the man is visiting, the children usually reside with their mother. Kinship and the domestic unit are not coterminous. Many children live away from their biological parents, and some children grow up in several different households. Parents make choices about where a child should reside, considering the economy of the household, people's work patterns, the need to care for the elderly, educational opportunities, and the simple fact that a relative may ask for a child to keep from being lonely. Since 1987, it has been illegal to discriminate against a person because of birth status. A child born out of wedlock may readily be legally acknowledged by his or her father, and any child so recognized can inherit from the father's estate. The islanders usually divide inheritances equally among their children. A married man often remembers his illegitimate children in his will or with a gift made during his lifetime. Marriage Families in Antigua and Barbuda are Creole formations. Among the white upper class, creolization is minimal. Patterns of marriage, family organization, and gender roles are similar to those in the West with minor local adaptations. Much the same is true of the middle classes, except for the greater presence of local adaptations. Among the black working class, family life is much more a mixture of the African and European systems. 
although the institutions of bride wealth or marriage payments and lineage groups have been somewhat lifted, the African view of marriage as a process occurring over many years has been retained. Without the sanction of a bride wealth, family for a young couple begins in what have been called visiting relationships, which often become co-residential, and many finally issue in a formal marriage ceremony that is Christian. Like many African families, these Creole families are matrifocal, centering on the mother's lineage, with strong traditions of women working outside of the home. There are, as a result, very high rates of labor force participation for Antiguan and Barbudan women. Child-rearing Children are desired by both men and women, although women have primary responsibility for children's early care. In the past, many children were cared for by female relatives or older siblings. Today, daycare centers and preschools are an option. Nevertheless, the extended family remains crucially important in children's socialization. Culture The culture is a classic example of a Creole culture. It emerged from the mixing of Amerindian, Carib and Arawak, West African and European, primarily British, cultural traditions. Specific traces of these parent cultures as well as influences from other Caribbean islands, such as reggae from Jamaica, are still very evident in this emergent culture. There is the Museum of Antigua and Barbuda with information on the culture and history of Antigua and Barbuda. Harmony Hall in Brown's Bay Beach at Nonsuch Beach is the center of the Antiguan arts community. Exhibits change throughout the year, but the annual highlights are the Antigua Artists Exhibition and Craft Fair both in November. The sugar mill tower around which Harmony Hall is built has been converted to a bar and provides its patrons with one of the island's best panoramic views, including a fine prospect of Nonsuch Bay. Antiguan folk pottery dates back to at least the early 18th century, when slaves fashioned cooking vessels from local clay. Today, folk pottery is fashioned in a number of places in Antigua, but the center of this cottage industry is Seaview Farm Village. The clay is collected from pits located nearby, and the wares are fired in an open fire under layers of green grass in the yards of the potters' houses. Folk pottery can be purchased at outlets in the village as well as at a number of stores around the island. Buyers should be aware that Antiguan folk pottery breaks rather easily in cold environments. Appropriate Attire Antigua is a Christian country with the majority belonging to one of the many churches here. This makes for a conservative attitude towards dress. People like to dress up when attending important functions, church, or shows. If you're in your hotel or villa, beach attire is appropriate. If, however, you take a trip into St. John's or to a restaurant, Casual attire as a minimum should be worn. Any revealing clothes will attract undue attention and it is deemed to be disrespectful. Some hotels and restaurants have stricter dress codes, so it's best to check before booking. The greetings. It's customary in Antigua to greet the people you meet by saying good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Failure to greet people upon entering an office, shop, hotel reception, or a bar may result in very slow service or initially being ignored. It is considered very rude by Antiguans to rush into your request without first taking the time to greet your fellow people. Tipping or gratuities. Tipping is generally accepted at 10 to 15%, depending on the service, and of course you can reward with more if you afford it and feel your service has been outstanding. Some restaurants and hotels will automatically add a 10% gratuity. Make sure to check your bill for this, as every restaurant is different, and you can fall into the trap of paying the tip twice. Sunbathing To the average Antiguan, topless sunbathing is not acceptable and may attract unnecessary attention. That being said, it is deemed okay to sunbathe topless at many hotels, although not always by the pool. Make sure you find out if there are any rules at your hotel. The only official nudist beach is at the Hawksbill Resort on the northwest coast. Wari, the chess of Antigua, is a popular board game played all over the island. 
It was brought by ancestors from Africa and played all over the Eastern Caribbean. The game is made out of a wooden board with six rounded cavities for each player sitting across from each other, and then one larger cavity on the left end and another on the right end. The game requires 48 seeds, dubbed nikars, found on the Guilandina bush. Each player controls the six cavities on his side of the board, and turns are taken moving the counters between the holes, with the aim of capturing 25 of the opponents. This wari is known as a mind sport, where psyching out one's opponent is as critical as choosing one's next move. Historically, it was used to teach numeracy in Africa. The co-founder of the country's Wari Academy states, Army generals have to be conversant in it, as it shows good analytical skills. You have to focus not just on your game, but also on what your opponent is doing. Wari has long provided a forum for discussing everything from politics to gossip. As the tension rises, so too does the banter from the engrossed bystanders. One player makes a rash move and both his opponent and the crowd jeer in response. In colonial times, it was banned by Europeans, who feared its ability to draw African slaves together socially, driving it underground. Education The literacy rate is 90%. The educational system dissuades the use of Antiguan Creole, and instruction is done in standard British English. Education is compulsory and free for children between the ages of 5 and 16 years. The system of education in Antigua and Barbuda is based on the British educational system. The school year begins in September and ends in June of the following year. In order to ensure that all costs related to schooling are covered by the government, there is an education levy on all basic wages in Antigua and Barbuda, with the funds used toward such costs as supplies, transportation, and school infrastructure maintenance. There are several options for further education in local colleges. The island of Antigua currently has three foreign-owned for-profit offshore medical schools. The island's medical schools cater mostly to foreign students, but these contribute to the local economy and health care. Health care. Most health care in Antigua is free through the Medical Benefits Scheme, which is paid for by a payroll tax that sets aside revenue for the health system. Antigua has 25 public health clinics, with services ranging from dentistry to testing for NCDs, or non-communicable diseases. The major hospital on the island is St. John's Medical Center in St. John, Antigua. They also have a much smaller extension of the hospital in Barbuda that holds eight beds. However, the number of health centers is growing with the improvement of the infrastructure. Life Expectancy For a male, it's 75.3 years, and a female, 79.85 years. Food Antigua and Barbuda has long imported most of its food, so it's not surprising that the food eaten by them consists of Creole dishes or specialties that reflect the cuisine of the parent cultures. Among the more established Creole specialties of Antigua and Barbuda are rice pudding, bullfoot soup, sousa, ma, goat water, cockle or clam water, conch water, tukunu, and salt fish and entrober's eggplant, this last one being the national breakfast. The salted cod used in making this breakfast is not a local fish. It is an import from the United States and Canada that has been imported since before the revolt of the American colonies. The national dish is fungi and pepper pot. The fungi is a bread ball similar to Italian polenta, consisting of cornmeal and okra. To make fungi, okra is boiled in salted water and mixed with wet cornmeal until the mixture becomes stiff. Pepper pot is a one-pot stew that is originally from Guyana, but has been adapted to the Caribbean islands consisting of stewed vegetables and meat with spices giving it a unique taste. Black Angel Hair Fritters These fritters are made with blue crab meat, minced conch, minced vegetables, eggs, baking powder, seasonings, and black angel hair pasta. The combination of these ingredients is then deep-fried in oil 
and the fritters are typically garnished with diced tomatoes and parsley. It is recommended to pair the fritters with a mild curry sauce on the side. Antiguan Butter Bread It is a tender, buttery loaf of bread. It's common to serve with cheese for breakfast, but many locals enjoy it throughout the day. Across the island, there are numerous bakeries where locals can go and purchase this freshly baked delicacy. It is also at times eaten with sardines or a local bright red salami. Pork Chops with Bananas and Bacon This dish consists of grilled pork chops paired with grilled banana chunks with lemon juice before grilling. The pork chops are usually flavored with cumin, butter, salt, and pepper, while the banana chunks are skewered in order to cook more easily. Goat Water This is a thin brown soup consisting of goat meat, breadfruit, onions, tomatoes, flour, and fresh herbs. Goat water is the national dish of Montserrat, a tiny island in the Caribbean. Dumplings, potatoes, and yams are sometimes added to the dish for an extra kick of flavor. Ducana This dessert dish is a type of dumpling made with coconut and sweet potatoes, often cooked in banana leaves. It is usually served with stewed or salted fish and is a common staple food for many locals. Antigua black pineapples are the sweetest of all pineapples. Its sweet flavor is a result of a specific type of soil and the right amount of rainfall, allowing the sugar content to be higher than in other pineapples. The fruit is low in fiber and acidity, its texture is crisp, the core is edible, and the flesh is characterized by its golden yellow color. Arts The more developed art forms are moss or street theater, calypso, steel band, architecture, poetry, and fiction. Less developed are the arts of painting, sculpture, and carving. In the case of the more developed art forms, processes of cultural hybridization have successfully produced distinct creole formations that are expressively linked to the subjectivity of rituals of Antiguans and Barbudans. Calypso is the oldest form of Antiguan music and has its roots in slavery. A common explanation of its origin is that it began as a way for slaves who were forbidden to speak in the fields to communicate with each other. It is a polyglot, improvisational form that depends largely upon the skill of a soloist, or the Calypsonian, who waves the sounds of many cultures into a lyrical whole. Calypso competitions are a highlight of carnival. Set to a distinct rhythmic beat, calypsos are songs of social commentary that range from the comic to the tragic. One of the major consequences of decolonization on this art form has been its expansion to include religious themes and situations. Among the Calypso kings of Antigua and Barbuda are Short Shirt, Swallow, Obstinate, Anyan, and Smarty Jr. Steel drum music was created when the bamboo percussion instruments, traditionally used to back up Calypso, were replaced by hammered steel pans cut from oil drums. Bands range in size from about 10 to 100 pans. Developed first in Trinidad in the 1930s, the tradition spread quickly to Antigua and Barbuda. Well-known steel bands from Antigua and Barbuda include Brute Force, Hell's Gate, Harmonites, Supa Stars, and Halcyon. Steel drum music has been an important part of Carnival since that time, and Antigua is home to many of Caribbean's finest steel bands. Soca is a musical form that grafts the slower beat of American soul music to the upbeat tempos of Calypso. Soca began in the 1970s, and by the middle of the 1980s it had become an integral feature of Carnival. Another musical form popular on Antigua is reggae. Although it originated in Jamaica, reggae has been incorporated into the Antiguan music scene for years. In the areas of fiction and poetry, Writers include Jamaica Kincaid, Ralph Prince, Elaine Aloya, and Dorbreen Omard. Celebrations Antigua Carnival is a 10-day festival celebrating the earliest abolition of slavery in the British Caribbean and includes colorful costumes, beauty pageants, dances, talent shows, parades, live music, and street food on the streets of St. John. The most important of the 10-day festival is the Jovere, 
when steel and brass bands play all over the island. Sports The national sport is cricket. This was made popular by the British and is still the favorite sport on the island. In fact, Antigua has produced some of the greatest names in the cricket world, like Sir Vivian Richards, Andy Roberts, and Rich Richardson. Other popular sports include football or soccer, rugby, netball, surfing, and boat racing. Sailing is a major sport on the coast of Antigua. Antigua Sailing Week is a premier annual event that attracts professional sailors from all over the world to participate in yacht racing. It marks the end of the high season in Antigua. Diving and snorkeling are popular since both Antigua and Barbuda are almost completely surrounded by well-preserved coral reefs, walls, and shipwrecks. There is little or no current in most places, and the water temperature averages about 80 degrees Fahrenheit or 25 Celsius. Underwater visibility ranges from 50 to 140 feet, and tropical marine plants and animals are diverse and plentiful. One of Antigua's best-known offshore sites, Cades Reef, is now partly contained in a designated underwater park. Another popular destination is the Wreck of the Andes, a three-masted merchant ship that sank in 1905 and now rests in less than 30 feet of water in, ironically enough, Deep Bay. Transportation V.C. Bird International Airport located on the northeast corner of Antigua, is the point of entry for visitors arriving by air to Antigua and Barbuda. There are both direct flights and connections from North America via San Juan and St. Martin and several weekly flights from Europe. Scheduled and charter services available to many of the neighboring islands. There are a total of three airports. There is one registered air carrier. The major seaport is in St. John's, and this is where cruise ships enter at St. John's Harbor in Heritage Quay, just minutes away from Antigua's great beaches and water sports. Private boaters can enter at St. John's Harbor on the west coast, English Harbor or the St. James Club in the south, or Crabs Marina in the northeast. The Barbuda Express is a ferry with an innovative wave-piercing design giving maximum passenger comfort at a high speed and a journey time of 90 minutes in nearly all weather conditions. It runs five days a week between St. John's and Barbuda. Antigua and Barbuda's transport systems include both public and privately run services. Roads in the country are paved and follow a winding, and gently sloping course connecting parishes to villages and communities. Driving is on the left-hand side. Buses operate from 5.30 a.m. to 6 o'clock p.m. daily on Antigua, running between the capital city St. John's and various villages. However, buses do not stop at the airport or the northern tourist area. Although departure times are often left up to the driver, buses generally follow a set schedule. Most buses have their routes posted in the front windows, and they're usually privately owned minivans seating about 15 people. Communications Fixed telephone lines are 25 per 100 inhabitants, that number's from 2019. Mobile cellular phones, 192 per 100 inhabitants, also from 2019. The state-controlled Antigua and Barbuda Broadcasting Service, or ABS, operates one TV station. Multi-channel cable TV subscription services are available. And ABS operates one radio station. Internet users are 76% of the population, and that was in 2018. Energy. The total population with electricity is 100%, and that was from 2020. They produce and provide enough electricity for their own needs and do not export any. Environment In recent years, this nation is struggling with a water shortage due to the limited freshwater resources and limited rainfall and drought. On September 6, 2017, most of Barbuda was devastated by Hurricane Irma, which brought winds with speeds reaching 295 kilometers per hour or 185 miles per hour. The storm damaged or destroyed 95% of the island's buildings and infrastructure, leaving Barbuda barely habitable 
according to the Prime Minister Gaston Brown. Nearly everyone on the island was evacuated to Antigua. Natural hazards are hurricanes and tropical storms, but also periodic droughts. Current environmental issues include water management, since there is very little supply of natural fresh water. This is also further hampered by the clearing of trees to increase crop production, causing rainfall to run off quickly. Segment 3, Who Is? Sir Viv Richards Regarded as one of the greatest batsmen of all time in the sport of cricket, Sir Viv Richards is one of Antigua's national heroes and has a stadium named after him which can hold up to 20,000 people. Author Jamaica Kincaid has published over 20 works of literature. She's famous for her writings about life on Antigua. Her book, A Small Place, was banned under the Very Bird Administration. Melvin Claxton was a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist and author. Maurice Hope, a world champion boxer. Marie-Elena John, a writer and former African Development Foundation specialist. Her debut novel, Unburnable, was selected as Best Debut of 2006 by Black Issues Book Review. Howard Lindsay was a three-time Olympian. Segment 4, Who Would Have Thought? Antigua in Barbuda is famous for St. John's Harbor, being one of the most important and demanded Caribbean cruise hubs. English Harbor. This is Antigua's graceful and evocative historic district, focused on the 15 square miles of Nelson's Dockyard National Park. It was developed as a base for the British Navy and served as the headquarters of the fleet of the Leeward Islands during the turbulent years of the late 18th century. Although the dockyard was greatly expanded at that time by Horatio Nelson, it was gradually abandoned in the 19th century and was closed in 1889. Today, Nelson's dockyard has been completely restored, and it is now the only Georgian dockyard in the world. Interesting info. Antigua and Barbuda ranked first for mobile cellular subscriptions amongst Christian countries in 2012. They ranked first for internet users per capita amongst hot countries in 2007. They ranked second for infant mortality rate amongst tourist destinations in 2011. Antigua and Barbuda has had the highest alcohol production per capita since 1990. In Barbuda, you can walk eight uninterrupted miles of deserted oceanfront, where the champagne color of the sand is mixed with crushed coral giving it a look of pink sand. With its winding coastline and many different ports and docking facilities, Antigua has become an ideal destination for sailing. Not only do many sailors choose Antigua as their docking hubs for their boats, but it has also become a huge tourist activity. Many Hollywood stars choose Antigua as a place to retreat. The list includes Oprah Winfrey, Richard Branson of Virgin Atlantic, the author Jamaica Kincaid, the fashion designer Giorgio Armani, and Eric Clapton, who built Crossroads, an exclusive drug and rehabilitation center on the island. The majority of those Hollywood-owned luxury villas are located on Jumby Bay Island. More and more people are getting married on vacations, and Antigua and Barbuda are among some of the popular places. Even cruise ship visitors can get married. All that is required is that you visit the Ministry of Justice located in downtown St. John's with your valid passport, complete the application and pay applicable fees, confirm a date and time for the ceremony with the marriage officer. Also, if you have been previously married, you will need an original divorce decree or if widowed, the original marriage certificate and death certificate of the deceased spouse. Another point to note, both parties must be over 15 years of age. If under 18, written authorization from parents and guardians is required. All documents must be original and certified. The marriage there is legal and certified. Zemi Art Gallery is a welcoming little gallery in St. John's which showcases a medley of colorful Caribbean paintings, crafts, trinkets, and creations. The various works depict the coves and beaches that line the tropical shorelines here. 
while painted timber bowls made from the native calabash tree and sculptures come inlaid with whelk shells decorated with a kaleidoscope of patterns. Antigua has been nicknamed the land of 365 beaches because of its many spectacular white sand bays along its coastline. In Antigua, there are no rivers and no lakes. There are also no snakes, except for the Antiguan racer, a harmless and extremely rare snake in the world, which has only been found in Bird Island off the coast of Antigua. The Devil's Bridge is one of the popular attractions in the northeastern part of Antigua. It is a dramatic bridge carved out by seawater to form a natural rock arch. Nelson's Dockyard, now listed as a heritage attraction, has been harboring ships for more than 250 years. Shirley Heights sits 500 feet above the crashing waves of English Harbor and is a spectacular lookout point. It is a rambling array of gun emplacements and military buildings. From the heights, one can look far out over English Harbor, and on Sunday afternoons the view is accompanied by barbecue, rum punch, and the many groups of stale band and reggae music. The site is named for General Shirley, governor of the Leeward Islands when the area was fortified in the late 18th century. Close by is the cemetery in which stands an obelisk, erected in honor of the soldiers of the 54th Regiment. Betty's Hope is a historic plantation, founded back in the 1650s. It is now a reminder of the long history of slave ownership on the islands. Today the site has been restored to show some of the original windmills that were used to crush the crop and extract the juice, while other excavations have unearthed the on-site rum distillery and slave quarters. An on-site visitor center showcases a collection of original tools used in the production process as well. Stingray City is located on the shores of Antigua and allows visitors to come up close with the island's breed of southern stingray. Travelers start with an introductory class on how to handle these creatures and then head out to the shallows to join them while in a snorkeling session. The Pillars of Hercules is a wall of sinewy cliffs and one of the most breathtaking rock formations in the Caribbean. They jot way out into the waters where English Harbor gives way to Freeman's Bay. Barbuda is home to the largest frigate bird colony in the Western Hemisphere. The sanctuary is in Codrington Lagoon, and only accessible by a short boat trip with a knowledgeable tour guide. It contains over 170 species of birds, and is home to over 5,000 frigate birds. This is the most aerial of water birds and possesses the largest wingspan of 4 to 5 feet in proportion to its body size of any bird in the world. It is also known as the man-o'-war bird, and the comparison to warships is a particularly apt one. With its superior size and flight capabilities, the frigate bird harasses less agile flyers like pelicans, egrets, and cormorants until they drop their catch. The male frigate is marked by its red throat pouch, which it can inflate as part of its courtship behavior and as a defensive display. Courting takes place in the fall and the chicks hatch late in the year. Redonda, the third and uninhabited island of this nation, has recently been transformed into an echo haven. It has been virtually untouched by humans for centuries and is a key nesting site for migrating birds from across the world and home to wildlife found nowhere else on the earth. Back in 2016, efforts got underway to remove the two biggest threats to the ecosystem of the island, goats and rodents. The longhorned goats were introduced by early colonists 300 years ago, and since then have steadily eaten almost all of Redonda's plants to the extent that they themselves were starving to death. The rodents arrived in the 19th century with a guano mining community, and were preying on reptiles and eating the eggs of rare birds. So the goats were corralled and flown by helicopter to farmers on the mainland, keen to breed them for their drought-hardy genes. Eradicating the rats involved painstakingly laying bait in nooks and crannies across the landscape, flavored with everything from peanut butter to chocolate. The bait was laced with pesticide irresistible to rats, but unpalatable to birds and reptiles. 
The Fauna and Flora International, which was also involved in the project, has successfully eliminated non-native mammals from around 25 islands since 1995. But Redonda's unforgiving volcanic topography presented special obstacles. Severe erosion caused by deforestation had left it dangerously unstable with crumbling precipices and frequent rock falls. Redonda was officially declared rat and goat-free in July of 2018. The team made regular trips back to monitor progress before transportation problems were exasperated by the coronavirus pandemic. Brown boobies with chicks, red-billed tropic birds, frigates, and peregrine falcons were among the sights which greeted them on their return. Redonda's unique tree lizards, which had been critically endangered, have also increased eightfold. The island's former 17 plant species have skyrocketed to 88, including a new ficus tree, cactus and fern, while more than a dozen species of land birds have reappeared. FFI's Dr. Jenny Daltrey says, Redonda is a model for how other Caribbean islands, where invasive species have devastated indigenous wildlife, can be brought back to life. Redonda has transformed right before our eyes and quicker than we'd believed possible, from bare rock into a green jewel of an island, she explains. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode on Antigua and Barbuda in our Nations of the World podcast series. Please be sure to subscribe to Nations of the World podcast so you won't miss our next episode, Argentina. Discover how the tango first sprang to life in the brothels of Buenos Aires, and since has evolved into what is considered glamour and elegance in high society today. Argentina also has something you wouldn't expect, one of the world's most dynamic and accessible ice fields. How large is the world's biggest known dinosaur to date? A fossil from one of these prehistoric creatures was found in a desolate part of southern Patagonia in Argentina. Gaining knowledge about other people and their culture is often the best way to understanding who they are and why they do things a certain way. This in turn can make us less fearful of differences and hopefully more accepting. Let's face it, we're all human and we all share the same world.